0: What's up, bitches? What's up, bitches? I'm Gaia. Sorry, I forgot that I say my name first.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. We're off to a great start, guys.
2: And I'm Nitha. (laughs) And this is Bitch Why. Our podcast where we talk about all the things we like and dislike and why anyone would make them. We're just a couple of artsy bitches. my foot fell asleep. (laughs)
0: Learning what makes art good and how to talk about it and talking about it and learning about it yay
2: this is such a cursed episode this episode is already. off to a cursed
0: start and it's gonna have a cursed throughout and yeah. i love that for us
2: for people listening in the future uh this is election week so oh, yeah. maybe that can account for the manic energy in on the zoom today this is
0: election day too we're not going to talk about election it.
2: Election day we We're not two. talking about it. In my head, it's just the SpongeBob video where he's like, day 13. Give it up for day 13. <laughs> day 13. <No. laughs> that's what it feels like. All right. That's all the election talk we're allowed. Yeah, that's it. Nathan, what are you
0: snacking on?
2: I'm snacking on chai because your girl has made some, like, real Indian chai. The tea leaves are imported from India. And it's amazing, and it's all I've been drinking the last, like, five days um, to calm down. And then I've been putting, like, this, like, Indian oil in my hair that my mom used to do for me when I was little. um. And so I'm just, I'm just, I feel like the ancestors are proud of me today, this week. That's my snack. And, and that's all I've been doing. Uh, and I've finished my short film, so I've been, like, working on stuff for that. But yeah, that's my snack. Adeline, what are you snacking on?
1: I've just been doing a lot of tiny little quirky things lately, like I quirkily baked a little apple pie, which was a lot of fun. Me and, uh, Caitlin and Catherine quirkily, um, were Phineas Ferb and Dr. Doofenshmirtz for Halloween. Me and Catherine were sexy Phineas and Ferb, (laughs) and we have some really cursed photos Um, of us. you
2: forgot to say that Caitlin was sexy Dr. Doofenshmirtz. Although, to be fair, Caitlin was- Caitlin was
1: sexy Dr. Doofenshmirtz because Caitlin is sexy and she was Dr. Doofenshmirtz, but, like, me and Catherine, like, cut- pants into booty okay. shorts and wore like fishnets okay. um and we also took some really cursed dare i say oh i was about to say twin but they're not twins they're actually step siblings but they're step- uh, step- step-cest. we took some t- step cest uh pictures which was a lot of fun i um,
2: can't and they're on tiktok
1: <laughs> they are there's more um oh no and i've also been snacking a little bit on but like i will more in the future when i read more about it orpheus gay Mm, orpheus. Yes. i've been doing research for my um for my uh uh research paper for my class um and i stumbled stumbled on a surprising number of academic
2: articles that are about orpheus the character from the greek myth being gay question is it like he's gay and that's why eurydice like i haven't
1: mind. read them enough okay, all i know is me. that i have had more than one and it's like it's like that meme where it's like I found two, which is not a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice, right?
2: Yeah. (laughs) I'm
1: like, is this a thing? So maybe next week after I read these articles, I'll be able to tell people what the argument is for Gorpheus. So stay tuned.
2: Gorpheus? Yeah. Um, We had the listeners vote... For in between the two topics that you were trying to pick between for your paper. And it was a 50-50 fucking split. Exactly and it's 50-50. Not, that's not the first time that that happened because it happened with like Halloween and Friday the third or Halloween and the Conjuring. And I was like, y'all really, you're testing me. Um, But it was fine. It was great. And I fine. I've chosen to my up-
1: topic. I kind of combined them, but I did lean. I did lean more toward the. Um gay people and misogyny one if you were someone who voted. That's the one I'm leaning more towards.
2: Sorry, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it was fun. It was fun. I got to make a cute graphic. Yep. Okay, Gaia, what are you snacking on?
0: So, um, in order to cope with our hosts being mean to, to us, me and Redacted and our other volunteer, we carved pumpkins, in, in also in honor of Halloween lasting all month. We carved pumpkins yesterday and roasted some pumpkin seeds and yes. watched Hocus Pocus, That's not sexy. the election.
2: Hocus Pocus! We watched Hocus Pocus instead. Good.
0: which As you should. Great. I'm
2: so happy for you. And it was lovely. Yes. I've also been, did you
0: know, did you know, I recently got an IUD, and did you know yes. raspberry leaf yes. tea is good for cramps. If you get some turmeric tea and you mix it with raspberry leaf tea, you get some nice no That's more. Games. That's
2: amazing.
0: That's so something cool. we talk about a lot here. Like not to be like hey everyone who's playing Bitcoin Bingo at home. <laughs> here on the farm. <laughs> um we talk a lot about like how um western medical traditions draw from indigenous medical traditions and how to kind of like integrate those two medical practices and so herbal medicine you know it's kind of weird but it's also kind of not
2: so we we love validating the science behind uh brown culture's traditional practices we do yeah exactly yeah we do Cause, so like, drink raspberry leaf tea. Maybe I will. Yes. yes. Before we do the roadmap, it's uh, it's time. Yes.
0: The moment we've <gasps> all been waiting for. It's time for, for
2: Craig. 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 Okay. Craig. I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read your email on the pod. Uh, we got this three weeks ago um, oh, craig i'm so sorry craig hello nita padani and gaia mallon i am currently listening to your podcast regarding midsommar and hereditary and you mentioned an email from a listener by the name of hannah hi hannah hi, Anna. um in your conversation you mentioned wanting to make your podcast accessible and not simply speaking into an echo chamber I'm a 50-year-old white cis male, yes! and I find this podcast very accessible. You both seem a bit further on the progressive side than I am, not surprising given my age and background, but I listen to this specifically because I want to hear points of view that are not my own. I want to learn. I only listened to a few, to- few episodes at this point with the Jojo Rabbit one being my first because I did a Spotify search on that movie looking for critiques of the film yours came up and i enjoyed it i'm going to continue to listen as more time allows i know you're presenting this with a point of view that leans more towards lgbtq friendly attitudes but i've not heard anything that i could construe as an attack on me or others like me you aren't a huge fan of how things are and how they've gotten that way but you don't come off as screeching radical yes tag yourself i'm screeching radicals (laughs) um You present your views, you've obviously put a lot of thought into them, and you aren't being vicious. That makes you very accessible, and honestly, I appreciate it. I can listen, learn, take what you say, and see how I can, if I choose to, integrate it into my worldview. So I thank you very much for the podcast, and I think you have succeeded, at least in my opinion, on doing what you sought out to do. Mm,
0: Sometimes I tear up when I think about this
2: email. That's so sweet. Craig, he's learning. we're uh, so Craig happy to have you. Craig is the opposite you. of a Karen. Craig is the opposite of a Karen. I'm so proud of you, Craig. Opposite of a Karen. Um. Craig reminds me of all the nice men who
0: come to the farmer's market and buy organic meats and tell me about their rose gardens. That's Aww. a very specific
1: kind of person, but I want to meet them. It's a specific That's type
0: so of man.
2: Cute.
0: It's a specific type of 50-year-old white man. You know,
2: honestly, this was a good email to read this week. Yeah. yeah. It's really great to
0: have you and we love that you are listening and we we hope to hear more oh. from you, Craig. You're our, you're our homie.
2: Thanks, Craig. With that, let's get into the roadmap. If you're a new bitch on the block, this episode is made up of four parts, just like all of our episodes, except for the time we covered Taylor Swift, uh, which was- a shot. Uh, bitch what? An, introdu- <laughs> an introduction to what we're talking about. Bitch how? A technical rundown of how the piece of art succeeds and fails as a thing. Bitch time? Three minutes of our unintelligent, unfiltered, un- Critical feelings, and finally, bitch. Why a sum up of the implications and why all of this matters, and the bitch meter, our little diversity score meter that we learned math just to give to you. All right, let's get into bitch. What? Bitch,
0: what are we? What are we talking about about this week? We're talking about it. We're talking about it. It. Talking about it.
2: It. 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 It.
1: Both, both the <laughs> first it. and the second. One and two.
2: We're talking about the movies. It chapters one and chapter two. We're talking
0: about the movies because next week we're talking about the book.
2: And Gaia and I are trudging our way it's through. It's dummy thick I'd say. She's <laughs> thick. She's dummy thick. thick. Um, she's dummy and thick. I'm just here for the ride.
0: Adeline's here because she had homoerotic experiences with this
2: movie.
1: I gave my girlfriend my fir- her first kiss after we both watched it, Chapter 2, together, and that's something that we're both going to have to live with for the rest of our lives.
2: Listeners, are you noticing a pattern with Adeline's... Interests? Uh, ...movie in t- and... <laughs> Interests?
1: It's Finn Wolfhard <laughs> being a twink.
2: Finn Wolfhard being a twink. Stop. Um, I'm a 20-year-old woman. I have about- no interest
1: not- in Finn Wolfhard. <laughs>
2: We are not talking person. about the goldfinch on this podcast. I will can we I refuse talk about the to talk about the goldfinch. Stop.
1: No, <laughs> please, please can we I think we should talk about the goldfinch at some point though, seriously. Can we? No. It's like actually okay, a really fine, good book.
2: Fine, fine. Yeah, okay, <laughs> fine. Fine. Like no, I have, I have things about to about it. say
0: about the goldfinch. <laughs> I also oh have gosh. things to okay. say about it. Nita, how did you come across
2: it? It chapter one came out first year of college for me. Um I went to go see it with some friends. I'd already seen the, the TV movie with Tim Curry. I just was always, like, I don't remember learning about it, like, as a concept. I feel like it just kind of, like, Stephen King just exists, and then we just, like, it permeates our lives, I it feel.
0: permeates our lives.
2: And I saw the first one, and I was like, holy shit, this, this is a fantastic, scary movie. Um, I haven't seen a scary movie this good in a while. And, like, this is before Midsommar, Hereditary, and Us, like... Yeah, I mean, I just, like, always, like, I've really, I really liked the first one, and then we all saw the second one together. Um, oh, my God. Last
0: year. The name of our group chat to, like, coordinate seeing this movie was <laughs> we, the Gay Hate Crime the Club. The Hate Crime. Hate Crime Clown Club crime or something. The Hate Crime
2: Clown Club. Yeah. Something like um, that. Because the second movie has a hate crime at the beginning, and it's And because uh, the movie itself exhausting. is a hate crime. Yeah, exactly. It's a hate crime against Gay us, people. the viewers. And um, us, just and, specifically. And us. Gaia, how did you get into It?
0: How did I get into It? Okay, It chapter one came Ooh. out during my senior year. We already discussed how I have, have no memories of yeah. my senior year of high school. Who knows what that's all about? Probably my therapist. And then... I watched it chapter two, famously with Nita and Adeline. I also wanted to say, we, um, me and Redacted watched it chapter two like two days ago on two times speed. Two
1: times? Why? (laughs) Why? (laughs) Because it's three hours long. It is like almost three hours long. It's so long. It is so long. And we
0: didn't feel like watching it like fully, but we had to watch it because we watched it chapter one because it's like a ritual to watch it. movies with people who are a part of your life in that way
1: (laughs) that's a nice way to say
2: it
0: yeah (laughs) i just wanted to mention that the last time i watched it chapter two was at
1: two times
2: how was it to see like that cgi finn (laughs) wolfhardt with his (laughs) anime eyes (laughs) and it was going so fast
1: when I rewatched it, chapter one, I was like, wait, I thought the CGI was bad. But Loki Finn Wolfhard does just look like that. He does, just look, like that. <laughs> he does yeah. look like that. Like in I, the first I also,
0: movie, like had that moment where the, he popped up during the first movie. And I was like, how does he have the CGI anime eyes before he's even been CGI?
2: No, he did look like that. But he looks so diff- like, it's so weird to watch them grow up, because they look different in everything. Yeah. That's the challenge of having tweens play all your actors.
1: Adeline, tell us
0: your fucking backstory, you whore. I feel like
1: I have to very briefly sum it. So, basically, I got- I got into it, unfortunately, like, soon after I watched Stranger Things, because the people I followed on Twitter to get, like, Stranger Things content were then, like, into- it because it, one it's just like a similar dynamic of like a group of like freshman kids that like fight monsters and stuff and two because of the weird like finn wolfhard like extravaganza that was happening at the time so i was like okay i'll watch this movie and then i watched it and i was like oh my god i love this like i love the characters they're so like interesting and nuanced and like this is just like a lot of fun um also famously um unfortunately finn wolfhard in that movie did spark my gender crisis and did cause me to cut my hair because i looked at that dumb little 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 boy and i was like i want to look like that i want to look like that and so i was like i'm gonna chop my hair off and be silly um and then i like kind of stayed in the know about it for a while because it was another like kind of semi hyper fixation of mine and then when i found that it chapter two was coming out i was like omg wig Um, and I was getting excited for it and I talked about it a ton in all of my classes and famously um, Catherine has told me multiple times that she started developing a crush on me from seeing me talk about IT Chapter 2 extremely excitedly in two back-to-back studio classes at the very beginning of the school Adeline and I like famously I'm dressed as the dumb twinks from these movies. Two oh years yes, in a row. we did. We did that. We <gasps> yes, did that two Halloween. years in a row. And then saw as we've mentioned. I saw it chapter two with you guys at the Villagey Cinema, and I did scream out loud and also cried in the theater because I'm obnoxious. And you are uh, yeah, obnoxious. that's that's it. That's it.
2: You. No, but do you remember? It was like Gaia in the middle, and then me crying, and then Alan <laughs> yeah, crying. They would clutch Gaia at me because just... <laughs>
0: I'm the resident bush.
1: Yeah.
2: Let's let Adeline summarize these movies.
1: Okay, so basically, It Chapter One. Um, These are based on, as we know, they're based on a Stephen King book, but they're broken into two parts for the movie, so... Chapter one starts with this little boy named Georgie who wears a yellow raincoat getting uh, pulled into the sewer during a rainstorm and have his arm bitten off and is killed by a killer clown. There are kids going missing. We're introduced to the main group of teens and they like to make uh, dick jokes about each other and they're also um, called slurs very early on and um, there's like bullies in their school and the one bully takes one kid's yarmulke and throws it and calls it a frisbee. (laughs) So kids are bullied. One of the kids' younger brother has died. There's a lot of kids going missing. they're like what's happening um eventually they all start like seeing weird like visions and like manifestations of their fears popping up and then they all have the moment where they come together and they're all like oh my god you guys are seeing weird things too have you guys been seeing a clown and they're all like yeah i've been seeing a clown bro (laughs) and they're like okay well i think we need to fight the clown and then some of them are like fight the clown I don't think so. And they're like, do you want your brother Georgie back? And Bill's like, yeah, I think Georgie's still alive. And they're all like, no, he's not, but we're going to ignore that for now. Um, You're living in a delusion. So eventually they go to fight the clown. The clown almost kills them. The clown breaks Eddie's arm. Who's like the flamboyantly gay one, but isn't the one who comes out as gay in a chapter two to be continued but um his arm gets broken his mom takes him to the hospital he's like you guys aren't allowed to play with each other anymore they get separated they're all like doing their own thing for the rest of the summer they have the montage of them all doing their own thing by themselves eventually Bev who has an abusive dad gets uh, kidnapped by Pennywise the clown and they're all like oh my god we all said we'd never fight the clown again but now we gotta go save a friend so they go to the house where the clown lives and they save Bev from the clown and they beat the clown with a stick and he goes and slinks away and they think they defeated him <laughs> but then they make a blood oath even though this is during the 1980s where aids blood canonically <laughs> exists they share blood and they're like That's, we're gonna 14 i know but i'm just saying it's un- i'm saying that they have aids i'm just saying sharing blood is unhealthy especially during a pandemic where like it's spread by your blood Anyways, we're not talking about pandemics right now. They make a blood oath and they're like, swear if it ever comes back, you'll come back too. And they're like, yeah, sure. And then Bev kisses Bill, even though Ben has been in love with her the entire time. I'm going to talk about that at, during bitch time. Flash forward at chapter two. All of them are adults now. They're all doing their quirky adult jobs, but then eventually they get a call from Mike who stayed in the town and is like a librarian historian and he's like, you guys, the clown is back because there was a gay hate crime where the clown ate a gay person. And so he's like, the clown's back. And they're all the like, clown oh, has no. a right to do. Okay. Yeah, you're right. But the thing is, they all don't want to come back to their hometown, but none of them know why, because they weirdly can't remember almost the entirety of their childhood, but none of them seem to think that this is necessarily concerning. Anyways, they all go back to Derry. Mike's like, do you guys remember their clown? They're like, no. And he's like, well, it's back. They're like, oh my God, I think I'm starting to remember the clown. I'm out of here. But then Bev is like, I have had a vision that if we all go back to our own towns, then all of us will die one by one. Because by the way, Stan committed suicide when he found out the clown was back and we got to see his butt right beforehand for some reason. Um. So basically, blah, 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 blah. Mike's like, yeah, I talked to Native Americans and I stole one of their culture items and basically they know what the clown is, where it came from, and how to defeat it. We all have to find tokens that represent something from our childhood so they all go out to search for their tokens. Richie finds a token from an arcade game that he used to play with this boy that he had a crush on and then he gets hate-crimed by the clown and cue the song (laughs) Dirty Little Secret by Pennywise. Um, A lot of stuff happens (laughs) in Chapter 2 is kind of a fever dream. Eventually they go to fight the clown, Eddie dies. Richie cries because Eddie's dead and he's been in love with him for his whole life. They all bully the clown to death. They literally kill the clown by shouting at him, you're a stupid fucking clown. And then the clown recedes and becomes a little baby and <laughs> dies. And they're all like, oh my God, we destroyed the clown. And then they go back to the quarry where they used to swim when they were kids. And Richie starts crying because his boyfriend is dead. And they're all like, oh, I didn't know that gay people existed. Um, and then it's over. Coincidentally, that's also how I killed Adeline.
2: Yes. Should we get into Bitch How? Let's get into it.
0: Can I talk about some just, like, technical weirdness? Yeah. I want to talk about the movies as horror movies before I talk about them, before we talk about them as, like, the various, like, issues with them in general. But it was really interesting watching the It movies right after watching Midsommar and Hereditary. Because Mm. Midsommar and Hereditary are both very aware of horror tropes and, like, very interested in subverting the horror tropes in ways that is spooky. So, like, something we talked about that Hereditary did very well was it used spooky movies music during the grief scenes and grief music during the spooky scenes and Midsommar um, just like never does spookiness they just always like lean into the like pastel aesthetic but something that was interesting about it is it, like, is a horror movie, like, that is, like, I am a horror movie the whole time. So, it's basically non-stop playing, like, horror music. Whenever there's a jump scare, you can always feel the jump yeah. scare coming. And there's a lot of random shots of, like, people screaming. It was interesting because yeah. I remember when I watched it being kind of scared, but I watched it with Redacted just, like, a couple days ago. And... It was, like, really hard to, like, get any of the scares because I was so
2: overwhelmed by, like, it being, like, I am a horror movie. I am doing horror movie things. Ah. The, the sound, the music, I watched IT Chapter 1 again this morning. I w- keep waking up at 3 a.m. Oh, for no reason. Oh, don't do that. Um, uh, which is the witching hour. And I'm like, well, whatever, I'll just, like... I'll just get work done now. So I started watching It Chapter One. The music is erratic. Like, whenever Pennywise is, like, running at somebody, the music sounds like the a mix between, like, scary radio sounds and, like, it, 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 like a frenzy of noise. Like, it is truly, like, exhausting. And I, I remember when I first saw it, being really terrified in the, like, big theater and, like, being alone, like, watching it. But the thing I think that the first movie does really well that the second movie just can't like live up to is that like Pennywise is so creepy. Every time he shows up, you're just creeped out. Like you're not like jump scared, but you're like, Oh my God. Like it's like a dread versus like Mm -hmm. a, like a jump. I was just going to say redacted
0: specifically told me to talk about the score because he was so mad about it. He was taught. He like had a visceral hatred Mm -hmm. of the score specifically it's that it was erratic. like well it's erratic but it's also just kind of like neutral like so there's this thing there's this practice in film where when you're editing the film you'll put like filler music over it in order to like um
2: get a feel like yeah like, like, just, like get a put feel. classical music yeah, yeah just to see what it might be and yeah. and this movie very much felt like they
0: put like kind of like a generic horror movie soundtrack over it and then they were just like yeah that sounds good composer please do something kind of like this and the composer was like oh boy the deadline is 30 minutes away better do a line and rewrite the score for it's chapter one and two and then he wrote them in like 30 minutes and it's like not even that they're bad it's just that they're like really mediocre
2: it is really mediocre and I think also you came out of the horror movies and how horror has changed since it like it's only been like four years but the ways that we look at horror now is like you even have like haunting of hill house i feel like ari aster makes me want to cry and like grieve and like feel like garbage when i come out of his movies jordan peele wants to like make me think and I feel like uh, Mike Flanagan of Hill House is, like, making me cry and think at the same time. And then sometimes scream. And, like, you all get, like, screams in all of them. But, it, but like, they are just so more, like, they're just, like, more mature as in terms of, like, ho- like ho- how the horror genre has changed. And so it kind of feels like it's part of, like, an old, like, it, it feels even more dated than you think it would be since it's only, like, four years old. But it, it's living more in, like, the place of Sinister and, like, The Conjuring. And so, and so, like, coming out of The Conjuring and Sinister, watching it, you're like, this is revolutionary. This is so different. It's crazy to bank a whole movie on kids. Uh, they do such a good job. The way that it talks about the themes of, like, trauma and, like, childhood and, and, like, what is scary to kids and, like, how do kids overcome that. Like, that was all, like, really interesting. I think we've, like, kind of moved past That, like, this is a generic horror movie. There's no such thing as a generic horror movie anymore because they're all so varied.
1: It suffers from the fact that it's based on a Stephen King book (laughs) and the book that it's based on is so ridiculous. Like, I feel like, because I was talking about this when I was, I ended up re-watching It Chapter 1 for this and I didn't re-watch It Chapter 2, which is fine because I've seen that movie so many times. But watching It Chapter 1, I feel like It Chapter 1 does have moments of being genuinely scary and being, like, a genuinely good horror movie, but It Chapter yeah. 2 is just so ridiculous. It's not a horror movie, it's just, like, a regular movie and it happens to be super ridiculous because, like... It Chapter 2, when you watch the the scene where they're trying to defeat the clown, you're like, are they serious right now? But then you go to the source material, and the source material is even weirder. So it's like, they. I feel Worse. like they did yeah. what we'll they talk could about with actually. the source material, but it's like, it lives in this world where it's on the edge of being a serious horror movie and on the edge of being just a complete farce, or at least It Chapter 2 does. Like, I feel like It Chapter 1 has artistic credit as a horror movie it chapter two is just like is this horror is this like a drama like a post coming of age drama or is this just a farcical comedy like i I feel like it chapter two is like was made for the
0: sake that it had a fan base and like was like, I'm gonna make a movie because I have
1: a fan base now. Although, to I'm be fair, they were it. always slated to make chapter two. Even yeah. when they made chapter one, they were no, always supposed I to do a chapter two, but I know what you mean. I don't think it, chapter two,
0: is trying to be anything but a movie that can be watched by people who liked the first movie. Yeah. I so I think they kind of like phoned it in yeah. for the second movie. They were like, we've got Bill Hader, who's like the funniest person alive, <laughs> and that's all we need to make a good movie. And they yeah. were right. But like right. in general, I think that the interplay, like something that I'd like to talk about, is the interplay between the sequel and the first movie, and like what kind of like comparisons you make going back and watching them yeah. retroactively. I I thought they were both kind of bad. Like I really like them, and I have so much fun watching them and experiencing them. But I think they're both kind of bad. Um, yeah, I had a couple of like meta textual questions for the for the movie and movie specifically, like, surrounding acting and the actors, like, one of the things I was wondering is, like, IT Chapter 2 has such, like, a star-studded cast. Did they cast those actors and then cast child actors who looked eerily similar to them um is that like no so
2: they had the no no so the kids like in interviews after the first movie came out they were like asking the girl who plays beverly they were like who do you think you'd want to play you and she's like oh i think like jessica chastain and then everybody already wanted like finn wolfhard or everyone wanted bill Hader for richie and like they kind of and so what you said earlier, Gaia, about it feeling like they made the second one simply because of the fan base is like it felt like it was really like leaning in and listening to the fan base, kind of in the same vein that like season 2 of Stranger Things was like, "Oh, y'all like Dustin and Steve? Great. It's the Dustin and Steve show now." And I feel like they kind of did that in yeah. it Chapter 2. My other thing with with like how I felt like there was no other way to like make it Chapter 2. Because they're adults now and like going back and watching the first one, you're like, okay, well, like Pennywise is obviously like very good at scaring children. Um, and he like feeds off of like the fear of children. But and and like the kids' lives in the first movie, like their lives are scary before Pennywise shows up. Like they all have like different yeah. traumas. <laughs> like Mike is dealing with like racism and Beverly has uh an abusive dad and and like they and they all have shit that Pennywise is able to like milk to scare them but then it's like his shit doesn't really work on adults and so you have so then so then you're watching it and you're watching like Jessica Chastain like crying the whole time and you're like I can't believe this so I feel like the movie leans into a campy place the second one because it has nowhere else to go. And also yeah. I think with
1: the second one, it can't yeah. feed off. Like the kids aren't fighting Pennywise because they're scared of Pennywise. And Pennywise no. and vice versa. Like they're just it's just like a physical fight. Cause they're just like, we just have to destroy this stupid clown. He doesn't scare them the way that they were when they were kids. It's like a literal no. just like we have to just get rid of this thing period, because their whole thing is, like, he's gonna continue to, like, kill kids. So it's less of, like, this thing is really scary, and oh my god, we're fighting back because it's, like, a monster, and then number two, it's more, like, just, like, a street fight like we just have to get, get this man out of here and then they just you stupid fucking clown yeah you stupid
0: fucking clown you sloppy bitch um You sl- that's bitch. That's it, that's it. i forgot that he called him a sloppy bitch there's like yeah an interesting specific like strain of sequel syndrome that i think this movie suffers from i should have like some sort of like diagnosis music because i've got all these like weird things that i like diagnose things with It's time for Dr. Malin to come in with my diagnosis. Tin foil
2: hat on. This is our...
0: It's time for what disease does this movie have? Um, But I think it's a specific type of sequel, which is the sequel that just regurgitates the same plot of the first movie, which is really frustrating. It's the thing where, in the first movie, we killed the thing, but the thing wasn't actually dead, so in the second movie, we just kill the thing again, which is a really, like, frustrating, um... Plot point because there's no real stakes. You're like, there's no stakes in the first movie, so it, like, voids the first movie. You're like, oh, well, what did we do that whole first movie for? Like, we just metatextually, like, that movie is now, like, void. And then the second movie has no stakes because you're like, oh, well, they kill that. Like, how do they kill it better than the first time? They just kill it slightly more. And that's a really frustrating sequel issue. And then in the book, that's less of a problem because in the book, there's a lot of timeline that kind of yeah. justifies the the interplay between worlds, and I think it leans into some discussions of trauma that are interesting about how trauma follows you into adulthood and trauma and memory right, loss, right. which have been coming up um, on this <laughs> yeah. podcast. So um, much uh,
2: that's on the bingo card every time. That's on we the bingo card. Trauma
0: every time um, we dig up the trauma grave, um, like trauma, in Hocus that's Pocus. The bingo card. So, they're kind of a frustrating pair of movie movies metatextually because there's no arc that, like, makes the second movie necessary or the first movie necessary. And also, this is, like, kind of, like, a unrelated, like, rabbit hole, but I wanted to talk about it when I was talking about the actors, so I'm going to talk about it now instead. It, mm-hmm. it was about okay. how, like, the acting, like, succeeded and failed and, like, continuity between acting. So, one of the things I was really frustrated watching it. chapter two at two times speed was jessica chastain <laughs> is not as good of an actor as her child counterpart
2: well she's not given enough to do really exactly like, they don't give her anything jessica chastain's a great actress but like she just gets to cry the whole movie and it's bad because you're like beverly doesn't cry at all in the first one
0: there's all she's this weird continuity issue where, like, Beverly is, like, such a badass in the first movie and then in the second movie, she's, like, super meek. And, like, in the yeah. first movie, Mike is just, like, fully neutral.
2: Has nothing to do. Has
0: nothing, either. nothing going on. And then in the second right. movie, he's, like, a conspiracy theorist. And so there's something challenging about how, like, something that's exciting about sequels is seeing the development of extant mm-hmm. characteristics between in characters that you already love. And these movies... Fail at that. Even in the characters that it that it like could succeeds in making similar, it doesn't like develop their traits in an interesting way. Like Eddie is a hypochondriac in the first movie, and then he's still a hypochondriac in the same way that he was a hypochondriac when he was a kid. He even has like the inhaler thing, and like a big part of the first movie is that he gets rid of that type of hypochondriac, and he becomes like a whole new breed of hypochondriac that we don't fully understand. Um, so it challenges me.
2: I feel like Richie is the only one that, and I'm wondering that really develops. And I feel like they probably would have benefited there. I mean, there's something to be said. I think for Beverly, I have never. I mean, I've not been in her exact situation, but there's something to be said about like how life beats you down. But she never get. And so, if they wanted to go that route with that character, I think like she needed to have some sort of like redemption moment at the end of it chapter two where like okay yes all of the trauma from the first movie and all the trauma from the second movie because she has she one has an abusive father and then go and then we see her with an abusive husband which is like so exhausting oh i know and, like, i have I hate, thoughts i hate that. i have so much i like really hate it so much it's also interesting i think to me that like The black character and the female character are the ones that kind of get, like, shitty arcs. Um, Whereas, like, I guess Ben, Richie, and Eddie feel like at least they get, like, some more consistency. Mm -hmm. But, like, with Mike and Bev, like, it just doesn't work at all. But, yeah, yeah, with Beverly, like, I wanted a moment... Where she fully gets to... Because she is, like, a catalyst for a lot of the second movie of, like... Hey, I can see the future. Like, use that. Like, you have given this character, like, so many gifts Mm -hmm. and, like, things that she could be doing. Or, like, ways in which that she could grow. And you don't use any of them. It's just a waste. But I... But I... I'm, like... I, I will say, the first movie actually holds up if you... In context with, like, the horror movies that came before... I think it like takes all of the like that creepiness from Sinister and the Conjuring and like really at the time I remember watching it and being like this is terrifying and I think a lot of it is to do with uh Bill Skarsgård. Yes, he's Bill, so good. Right? Yeah. Bill Skarsgård's <laughs> acting as Pennywise. Like absolutely terrifying like the first time you see it and still like the second time in the second movie all the all the good scares of the second movie are just derivative of the first movie yeah. where he's like luring children in so you're like I've seen this already but that first moment with Georgie yeah that's like That's genuinely still scary. fucking fucks me. I up. also think like, it, Chapter
1: ugh. One works better. It's just a movie that I don't know if this is something that it could have sh- done differently, but it's a movie that exists so much better as a horror movie, like in a theater, in a dark theater. Because oh, if you're watching in yeah. Chapter well, One, like in yeah. your bed at home, like it's just not as scary as when you're like in a theater where you feel alone and it's dark. Also major side note but the movie also kind of suffers from like having scenes that are so dark you can't see what's happening <laughs> and they would be more D, visible in a theater but...
2: with it chapter one the scares are artfully like crafted yeah. where you you have the scene and then it's building. Then you get the big scare, and then it, and then like, it cuts to like a completely, completely normal
1: down. scene. Yeah. Well, I was just gonna say there's like a couple
0: compelling scares in it. Chapter two, where they use foreground in an interesting way. Like I think the part where the grandma runs behind the, bed yes. the kid is like exciting. Yes.
2: I. Um, yeah. I'm not excited by that scare because there's so many scares after it and before it that like yeah. that there's no build. So what I'm saying is like in terms of
0: No, yeah. I think they do a bad job. Yeah.
2: I also think They do a really bad job.
0: I do I also think that like in general both of these movies suffer from the amount of CGI they use. I think yes. like rewatching them now like just like I think something that I've noticed is CGI always gets better and better, and so when you watch old CGI movies, they like date themselves so easily. Oh yeah. And I like really like was like thirsty for some practical effects in the first movie, especially like the leper in particular. Oh I'm thinking about would have been yeah. really great oh, with practicals. He looks
2: really bad. Yeah. yeah. And
0: in general, the SFX just lack the like scariness because because they look so plasticky that yeah. you're just like, yeah. oh, yeah, that's, I remember being scared by it. Rewatching it, I found some of the scares frustrating because they didn't seem to last beyond like a jump. They had trouble sustaining themselves. And they felt kind of like gratuitously wrapped up in the concept that this is a scary moment, and not in actually like continuing to keep you scared. That it frustrated me. So like the the projector scene is a scene I really remember being like that yeah. is a scary scene when I first yes. saw it.
2: That's really and scary. yeah.
0: And like I think like in that moment it was a great scene, but then rewatching it
1: I was like wow this is just a lot of scenes of like children screaming. And like, I don't
2: think it yeah I don't think
1: it like maintains the fear throughout. It doesn't maintain that like mood. Of the scariness there, because you have like random moments where Pennywise is there and he's being scary, but then when Pennywise isn't there, it's just kids like doing normal stuff.
2: Sc- yeah, and they just start screaming for like so long. Yeah. I actually, yeah. noticed that this like last watch, they're just screaming for so long. Actually, what's what's really interesting, they filmed that first scene with Georgie last, oh. so hmm. that Bill Skarsgård had done all of the work of Pennywise and then was able to like really nail that first mm-hmm. scene. And I think the movie actually never gets scarier than that first scene. Yeah. And that was because it's so fucking just creepy. And then he does the thing that you're like, is almost kind of taboo in a movie, which is like showing a child being murdered in that way. Yeah. Um, And it's like so graphic that you're like, oh my God, they really went there. And then it never kind of like, goes past I
1: also think what I was kind of what I was saying earlier like the first scene in the movie has this like mood of like the scary movie like from the beginning of the movie up until the title is shown really great horror movie aesthetic really great horror movie like score Mm -hmm. and mood that song that they play at the beginning I think is a real strength of the score that song is beautiful and like the rain and stuff like that and I and in the scene where Bill's making the boat with Georgie like it's a scene where Pennywise doesn't exist there's nothing like physically scary happening but it's unsettling and then they kind of just drop that like if they could have kept that mood throughout all the other scenes of like the kids just doing stuff but they don't it's like scary thing happens with Pennywise then it's kids playing in the summer sunshine regular movie then it's scary like i feel like they don't do a good job of maintaining the horror movie aesthetic throughout the entire I also thing. feel like this movie
0: is like kind of too crackable like the kids figure out what's going on pretty early on and you as an audience member really know what's going on basically from the start like pennywise is introduced as a villain in the first like 3 minutes of the movie there's never any moment where you're like what's going on here like like how does this all happen and i think one mm. of the great things about horror movies is that they're also mystery movies, and so mm. you're figuring out the horror as the characters are figuring out figuring out the core horror. And there, and part of the fright comes in not necessarily knowing what you're afraid of. And the the it movies really don't. In the second movie, they can't do it because we all know we're here to kill Pennywise. Like we're just gonna kill Pennywise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in the first movie, they really could have like. Having a shape-shifting creature that just, like, transforms into whatever you're most afraid of, like, that's hard to crack. And that's, like, a villain that's, like, intangible and and bizarre. I think they could have done stuff with timeline that could have made that more of a mystery to solve. And... One of the things that I love about the found family children trope that was, like, really, really big in 2017 is, like, watching a group of kids solve a mystery. And what's great about Stranger Things is you watch the kids solve the mystery and you're figuring it out with the kids. But these kids never really solve the mystery. They basically know what's going on the whole time. The entire conflict is kind of like a contrived idea of, like, should we fight the clown or shouldn't we fight the clown? And that's frustrating.
2: Well, I think it's kind of the thing of, like, Stranger Things. Like, the kids accept like in they accept the demogorgon is a fucking thing and that the upside down is a thing once they figured it out but like for for it it's not like a bunch of things it's just one thing and it's this clown and i think like it's also how the book is written as well is it's just like not like for them it's less of a mystery and it's more of like we have to face this fear we had already seen stranger things and then this comes out, and I think like we were kind of not done, but this this kind of like story was tired by the time it chapter two came mm-hmm. out, and we just didn't need to see it anymore. Also, they don't even kill the clown. Like, there's no bigger way that they could kill the clown. Like, they already did it. Yeah, yeah and exactly. If they were gonna pull from the book, like there was no way to do that. And I think it's not scary anymore. And like, ma- okay, maybe it's not like a uh, valid for me to say what I think would have worked better. But I think that, like, all of the scares in It Chapter 2 don't... I mean, they don't have lead-up. They aren't rooted in the traumas of the kids. Actually, like, my favorite scene from It Chapter 1 is when Bill is, like, facing Georgie mm-hmm. um, once they, like, finally get down and he has to, like, put that, um like, gun thing to his head and he's like, I love you, I wish I could take you home. And Georgie's like, I want to go home. Like, that is heart-wrenching. Yeah, that's a really and good And that scene. kind of, like keeps it chapter one in a really soft spot for me in terms of like i think the acting is Mm -hmm. really good except like stan Stan stan's acting is so weird it's not his fault he's a kid he's good in um this is i'm not okay with this he he's a better actor in that so he's learning But but like so But I think the kids like really make that movie, and you can tell in it chapter two they're doing their best to keep shoehorning the kids into the second one because we loved them so much that like it would be a waste to not see Finn Wolfhard even if he's like a weird CGI. Um, Finn Wolfhard in his anime eyes. I wish that it chapter 2 leaned more into like what's scary about adulthood because I think it chapter 1 really leans into what's scary about being a mm. child like Adeline pointed at this at the beginning in the very top like Pennywise isn't there yet but like going into your basement is scary when you're a little yeah. kid and you like run in you grab the thing and then you I run still do out that. like and what what's the adult version of yeah. that like I want like and for Beverly like specifically I think I'm just like really tied to her story and I feel really like awful for her the whole time like she just never gets a fucking break and and um she's fallen into this kind of like cycle I mean they've all fallen into cycles the way you get out of that what does that look like and what does that look like with a killer clown after you and I just wish that there was like some connection there that doesn't happen in the book that they like made their own like they kind of made it chapter one and that's
1: an issue with both these movies is i wrote this town because i finally decided to take notes while watching it chapter one and i was like this movie introduces the notion but the the, both movies combined introduce the notion of cycles of abuse but then never do anything with them they're like bev marries an abusive husband because she was abused in her childhood period and we're like okay. And they're like, yeah, that happens. And I'm yeah. like, okay. And it's the same thing that they do with like the hate crimes. Like they, they show hate crimes, they show cycles of abuse, but then they don't comment on them. They're just like, yeah, this is a thing that happens in the world. And we're like, okay, okay. okay. They're like racism yeah. happens and, and homophobia happens and um, abuse mm-hmm. happens. But also they chalk
2: it up to Pennywise's influence on the mm-hmm. town.
1: Well, right. to a degree, so but like, they do have oh, that, these, they do have the, um, the, what's his name? The, 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 the mullet guy. What's his name? Yeah. Mullet yeah. guy. Like, uh, they do have him as, like, the human guy. bully, like, the, or the human, but he's um, also yeah. evil. Like, isn't there, isn't it kind of
0: implied that he's, like, part of, like, the, da- part of the dairy thing is that the clown, like, but that's not what I wanted to talk about. I actually wanted to bring up that, like, not only does it, like, have these gratuitous scenes of violence against um, marginalized people, but it comments on them in such an unspecific way that's really frustrating as, like someone who deals with these kinds of fears is like having a hate crime Mm. happen to a random couple that we never learn about or explore further is frustrating and upsetting Mm -hmm. having a hate crime happen to a black child who we don't know anything about and has like five lines in the entire movie despite being like ostensibly a main character that doesn't say anything about like what it means to live in super white Maine and like be afraid for your life all the time. The It movies don't understand what they're about thematically. In the first mm-hmm. movie, it understands that it's a horror movie and that's it. And in the second movie, it understands that it's a sequel and that's it. But they never understand that it's mm-hmm. about trauma and they don't know how to explore the trauma in an interesting way. All they know how to do is yeah. how to write a horror movie and
1: a sequel to the horror movie and that's frustrating. And they're given so much because am- even among the kids there's so much like diversity of background and there's so many marginalized groups they have of- not this is this is also I mean it's kind of tokeny that they only have one of each of these groups, but they have a Jewish kid, they have a black kid, they have an overweight kid, they have a gay kid, although we don't know it until the second book. We have a kid who's being psychologically abused by his mom, we have a kid who's being physically abused by her dad and is also a woman. But then they just kind of show those people like suffering, and then like that's it, as you said. But and it's like they had so much to work with; like they could have. They had so many different like groups to pull from. They also have Bill, who has a stutter, but like that's barely even addressed, just like period. But like they had so many yeah. opportunities to address the 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 way the ways those pe- kinds of people navigate the world in a positive way, and just like didn't. <laughs>
2: Actually Pennywise doesn't really even capitalize on their fears in the first one as much as I originally gave it credit for. Like like what does it mean if like Pennywise knows cuz what he does with Mike is he scares him or surrounding like the house burning mm-hmm. down, but never is like oh you imagine this hate crime, which I don't know if that's what I want to see, but like it he doesn't really like he doesn't actually capitalize on the things that are most scary. To the kids like with Stan he doesn't do anything like that like scares Stan like internally it's more that like scary flu lady and like I think Bev is really the only one and 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 Bill are the only ones that get like psychologically fucked with in a way that like the other kids kind okay, of Okay, first don't. of all,
1: we have dirty and little I, secret in it chapter 2 with Richie, so watch yourself.
2: <laughs> okay, but I'm, I'm ta- I think I'm, I'm talking kidding. more about like the I'm first kidding. movie, but yeah. No, no, you're you're right. But all but also that scene is very confusing I hate because that like scene. the scares don't make sense to the fear and and Pennywise is just saying I know your secret, but none of the like things that are scaring him like have to do Mm -hmm. with that yeah like why not show him like his worst fear yeah which and i'm not i'm not advocating that like pennywise conjure up all of richie's friends and then like shows uh richie what it would look like a nightmare version of him coming out like i don't know but 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 like because the giant paul bunyan statue uh, Paul Bunyan statue. He represents hyper Doesn't do anything for me. Mm. And also, I am wondering if like this movie is less scary to us because we're older mm. now. I'm wondering if like the first one is less enchanting because we're older.
0: I don't know. It, it's just frustrating. <laughs> like I think you're right. Like actually, never mind. I think it is because we're older. Fuck <laughs> me. Um, it's because
2: we're older and we I, have like different fears. Not to like like
0: unpack trauma on this podcast, but like like having experienced some of the fears that like marginalized people have and like understanding like what it means to have those fears and then like experience the worst of those fears, like being confirmed, is like so much yeah. scarier than like horror movies and so like horror movies are gonna have to try harder in order to spook me because like none of them can match the abject
1: terror of coming out to my family they're just not good enough guys like the monsters in my head are more terrifying <laughs> than the monsters on your screen exactly you're literally right but all i'm seeing is those dumb like 2012 emo posts that are like yeah oh my the god the demons stop. in my head <laughs> No, you're you're, you're, you're totally right. I'm just being mean. Follow through on what you... Yeah, that was
0: mean. Shut the fuck up, you stupid whore. Maybe. (laughs) Um, But... Okay. I... (laughs) I was just kind of trying to follow through on this idea that, like, they have all these kids who are, like, suffering in these really interesting and specific ways, and, like, we know Mm -hmm. what those fears are that they're experiencing, and they just don't know how to, like, they don't know how to touch them, and no, nothing ever knows how to touch them, and why can't movies be better, and also, why are all the children white except for Mike, and honestly, like, just, like, talking about this, like, awoke, like, a deep and feral rage within me about how badly movies misunderstand what it means to be a marginalized person and like can we start the bitch time timer really quick because i actually need to yell for a second let's just
2: go okay ready uh go it's bitch time because i
0: declared it bitch time because i just suddenly was overcome with like a wave of anger about the fact that like like as like A queer person, I'm supposed to look at Richie's arc in It Chapter 2 and feel, like, represented by it, except for Mm. that they're too afraid to make It Richie gay. They only want gay people to be on screen so they can fucking hate crime them so that we have to watch them being hate crime. They don't have any desire to understand what it means to, like, live as someone with trauma or live as someone with a marginalized identity or live as a person of color. It's so exhausting to have to go into movies with these people like waving their little like flag of like we have this type of person in our movie you're gonna come see it because we've got this type of person in our movie and nobody else has this type of person in our movie except for we have no interest in understanding what it means to be like that kind of person we have no interest in understanding the challenges that they're facing we just want you to come see our fucking movie and I don't want to feel grateful to these movies for anything i'm mad at them and i hate them and i want them to be better and they're never gonna be better and i'm so tired i like might cry right now like god damn it
1: like what the fuck anyway that's all this is like like my bitch time is bev should have never kissed billy at the end what the fuck is that
2: no! What the yeah, fuck, fuck that. is that?
1: It literally angers okay. me to my core. It's so stupid. Ben is right there, and Bev only likes him when he's older and when he's skinny, and that's because Stephen King fucking hates fat people. Uh, like, duh. The other thing is, I just have written in my notes, the implications of Bev and all the blood women like the weird like blood imagery of Bev <laughs> yeah. like does that like about like yeah. menses like they are talking about her menses yes, yeah
2: because she literally goes and buys tampons and like then in the first like movie blood comes of... out of
1: the sink and then in the second movie she's in the bathroom stall and it's filling with blood and I'm like what's this weird obsession well, dude, it's with like, women and with
2: blood like yeah Carrie. Yeah. Carrie. It's like,
1: just, yeah it's just like weird and also the weird sub where they're all like Bev's a slut and everyone thinks she's a fucking slut and I'm like <laughs> okay,
2: Nita, you can talk. Okay, wait, I have stuff. Uh, Georgie, Georgie makes makes me my baby making hormones go so crazy. Um, little baby Georgie's so cute. Okay, wait. Um, every time. Richie and Eddie are just hilarious They're in the so first great. one and also Bill Hader, Bill Hader is so fucking so so funny and like I still I still laugh every time and like when Richie Richie's like so obsessed with penis. yeah he is he like, talks like about crazy. this all the time I, I kind of so so I know Gaia you're really mad and maybe this is just a me and Adeline bias but like I can see oh the, like, no wait no we can't in. argue about like, this yet I, I have two it. stupid
0: things to talk about
2: also also why are they all in their underwear when they go swimming is that called if you're matching underwear like what can but they that just was wear weird. Swimsuits. Like, did they not have swimsuits in the 80s? Just wear a fucking swimsuit. Like, I felt so bad Wait. watching that scene. Please, our time Guy is go. running go. out. Go, go, go. I just. Go. The only thing
0: guys. that I thought about for the during the second movie was Bill, H- not Bill Hader, Bill Skarsgård <laughs> getting the note of "Now you are a tiny baby clown with four baby hands, if
1: <laughs> <laughs> your heart is being ripped from." body and act that now that Guys, like this has been like, like talked about to death but like the fact that they bully him into like shriveling up into a baby what is that you what is happening i want to know what drug stephen king was on also the fact that I know bill he's Hader on cocaine, carried like...
0: it chapter two on their on his back literally oh, on his shoulders yeah, literally, literally on, on, on his, his shoulders. shoulders
2: okay all right i that's time
0: I shouldn't have I declared gave us an bitch extra time minute
2: because there's because three of us. I didn't get to
0: like process things with you after no, I okay. like yelled about it. I shouldn't have declared it bitch time. I'm so sorry.
1: No, needed, it's okay. I
0: needed the emotional no, support. No, you're
1: so good. It's fine. Yelling. We're going like really. It's okay. I was gonna go into like a little bit of a bitch why kind of situation.
2: I was gonna say I just think Adeline and I really approached. Which is not an excuse, but we, like, really see both of us. I mean, the reason, like, Adeline and I were sobbing at the end of chapter two is because, like, she and I are grasping at straws, really, in terms of, like, representation and also, like, Adeline and I get hyper-obsessed with shit, so, like, yeah. we have just read into every single Eddie Ritchie moment, and then, like, yeah. getting that ending. Yeah, like, it, it was felt just like, like so something, but it really, it actually, surface-level looking at it, is almost nothing, exactly. But the way Adeline and I build it up in our heads, which is the 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 thing about fan fiction that we talked yeah, about. That's, what, Potter, I gonna talk like, about. that's what I was going to talk about. That. No, that's yes. what I was okay, going to talk okay. about. No, that's what I was going to talk about. what I was going to talk
1: about is the way that like Richie as a character. This is death of the author. Like, it, it chapter two is a bad movie and it is homophobic. I will take the character of Richie Tozier and I will pull him out of that movie and I will appreciate him as a character and I'll appreciate him as someone <laughs> who is dealing with homophobia and who is in love with his best friend because that is something that I have dealt with and mm-hmm. I think it's sweet that he carves r e into the bridge. I think that's really cute and I... F- Feel sad and I cry when his the person he's been in love with for his entire life gets killed by the clown and all his friends don't care and they're all just swimming in the quarry and he feels alone and he starts crying. That made me cry. That makes me sad. That would be really sad. I like will like re I will like talk about him abstractly in like a different realm of the movie because Stephen King doesn't own that character anymore. I own him, and I just like really appreciate mm. him as a person. I relate to him, but I feel like that can coincide with the fact that the movies are extremely homophobic and his arc doesn't actually necessarily do anything for the gay community as it exists in the movie. I guess, like,
0: yeah. like here's the thing. That's like, my little I little was bit of on 20. Tumblr in 2012 and, like, I do, like, I, like, exist in, like, the fan universe, folks. Like, I know! Like, like I know that Richie and Fanon is way cooler than Richie and Canon and, like, et-, et cetera for all characters. I guess I'm just, like... I don't know, it's frustrating. yeah, I think it's more like just like a sudden yeah. frustration at all movies because like I was thinking about these movies, and I was like thinking about um that like these characters and like all these like little like like sprinklings of like marginalized people trauma that they put in. and I was thinking about, like, why are any why are all these little children characters white, like why are they all white? And then I was like, that's just the tip of the iceberg. There's so much wrong with how they treat marginalized people in these movies that, like, I can't even, like, ask myself, why are they white? Because, of course, they're white. The people who are making these movies don't understand people. They just don't care about people in a way that matters. And that's really frustrating. It's just, like, exhausting. And I, I just don't like that, like, we as, like, people in the universe have to, like, watch these movies and, like be like, yeah, they did that. Like, wow, they did do that. Yeah because like if we don't say wow they did Mm -hmm. that then like yeah like they're never gonna like have another gay character in a horror movie ever again. But like it sucks for little fat kids
2: who have to watch that movie. It's like little fat white boys. Like that sucks. I know I said this with Stranger Things, but I really think we're gonna like look back in a few years and be like, it's not okay that we like filmed children in this way. I mean with them in their underwear. But then also like you have uh, the the actor, like, what is the that scene mean? on the also bridge like,
1: with with Ben? Like
2: that, oh my god! Like that is and they, like, so fucked. Okay, up. also Pennywise bullies him. He calls yeah. him Egg Boy. Like he's so fucked. And then in the and then second one, he's literally like, "You're always gonna be a little fat kid." It or reminded me of
1: the line where he's like, "All those sit-ups and for what?" <laughs> it's
2: like, it's not the what? worst. We're laughing because if we don't, if we don't, will laugh. We're laugh gonna we'll cry, be angry. Like, yeah, yeah. Like it's like. How does it feel to be, well, one, when you're cast in a movie and then you read this the character description and it's like, this person's ugly or this person's fat, like, how does that feel? But then it's also ugly. to be a child yeah. and have that, like, put onto you. And then also to be, like, the only black kid probably on set or black person on set at all and then be forced to, like, physically act out a hate crime even if it's just simulating it. Same with the actress who plays Beverly. Like I know we talk a lot about intimacy training in in theater school now more so than we did like when we first got into theater school, but like they have those those uh things on set now, but like again, with kids, I don't know if like this is okay to watch. Like I don't it I, I or even like ask them to do and I know Mm -hmm. in the last episode we were like man should we like allow them to kiss each other and now it's like man should we allow them to like act out a hate crime like I don't think we should
1: yeah well and especially in a movie that doesn't like address that or allow for closure in any sort of way because I'm starting to think I'm like well But there are stories of like kids being abused that need to be told and what are we gonna do if not use child actors? But I feel like if you're gonna do something like that It has to be done in an environment that it is like completely like where you know fully the arc of the character why this is happening to them and what how it affects them and what they're going to do from now on and also like yeah. there's a storyline where that character gets to like have agency in regards to the abuse they suffered which it chapter two doesn't right. do or it, it chapter one and two doesn't do
2: a lot of tv shows i remember watching scandal uh because i loved shonda rhimes for a like a hot minute and a lot of the times like the female characters had, like, a rape story thrown in, like, into their, into their like, character arc. And then it was, like, oh, and then they dealt with it and they're fine. And it kind of felt like that almost in terms of, like, okay, so you're going to give it to this character, but we're not going to talk about it. And then we're not going to see them deal with it. But you put it in there so we just know that they're, like, a fully rounded person with, like, problems. Yeah. I Is what it kind of feels like. Yeah.
0: I mean, like, also, yeah. like, saying that, like, as – a creative person like you can show abuse without like as a director in in directing class this is what we do in project track that we don't <laughs> tell you about we talk about like different ways to stage violence without showing violence and like the decisions that you should make as a director about like how to show violence why to show violence how you why you show violence the way that you show violence is interesting and I wish we could apply some of these like principles of like abstraction to film more in a way that's interesting Mm. because I think it would make film better like I think if directors felt like they had more agency in the way they were able to portray violence then film would be more interesting and more well constructed and conceived and if directors were asking those questions about like how am I going to portray these moments of violence because like really when I watch these movies and when I watch movies in general I don't ever feel like people have been thinking very critically about like why they're showing violence in the way that they're showing violence there's like a very select few mm-hmm. set of movies that I feel like oh yeah this director really thought about why the violence is being shown in that way Ari Aster is like the master of being like I am going to like fully think through to the deepest Part of the thought why is the Violence being shown in this way and In terms of like ethics like you can Use the ethical rules In order to make a more creative movie like Restriction is the master of creativity Yeah I mean
2: in the first scene With Beverly and her dad From music cues and the blocking You kind of know what's going on And you probably never need to see More than that like he actually doesn't really Mm -hmm. Even lay a finger on her until he Like asks her To like hug him and you're like okay but like i don't i didn't even need that like i didn't i think like from that the first minute like you're like oh i know what's happening and Mm -hmm. then and then like we don't need to go farther than that yeah i don't think we needed to um the only other thing i wanted to talk about is there's a Lindsay ellis video kind of about stranger things versus it and like the ways in which they talk about nostalgia of the 80s and i think the only smart thing out of it that that i still think might be true is the the use of like the knowledge of like disappearances in the 80s and like bringing that context uh back into this because in the book the kids are like murdered violently and you like know they've been murdered versus this like spin on it so it's like actually it's just like child disappearances which were like huge in the 80s and like the Jacob Wetterling case which was like a really big one there's a podcast in the dark about it which was like just solved in like 2019 like just this last year mm-hmm. so i think like stranger things paints a really like happy pretty picture of the 80s while there's something like a there's like a dark underbelly of of like what's going on but like and stranger things takes the the like the like look of an it or a carry or fire starter, but doesn't actually take any of that like disgusting like realism like trauma um stuff and and I think that like what it does is yes it takes some stuff that's like fun from the eighties but it really I think like puts you in the place that that like it felt like to be in the eighties of like being a latchkey kid feeling like you like their kids disappearing left and right which felt like that was a more realistic look of of what was happening at the time and i i think i i don't know i think that's a smart choice but the, now that we've talked about the rest of the stuff i kind of now feel really jaded on these movies mm-hmm. um in a way that i wasn't before i think like like that's such an exciting
0: notion and like yeah the notion that like of what could have been done and like the potential of it to explore the darker parts of nostalgia is like so exciting that I almost like, Feel better about the movies because I'm so excited about the idea of that. Because like what we're frustrated with with Stranger Things is that it loves the nostalgia, but it hates the actuality, and it loves the actuality, but not in a way that is um, respectful. It loves the actuality in a way that's voyeuristic and gross. Mm-hmm. Someone somewhere could make a movie that's an '80s nostalgia movie that is about like what it actually means to like be. A person, a marginalized person in the '80s, and be in a mm-hmm. period that is like in equal parts celebrating who you are and decimating who you are. Like, what does it mean to be gay in the '80s during the AIDS crisis while gay liberation
1: is like at its height? That it's, is so. They randomly have Eddie like in chapter one mention AIDS, and they just like throw that in there. They're like, yeah. they throw it. It's but, so like, weird. Those are um, like
2: twin things. I will but yeah, say, I wanna. Pick this conversation back up when we talk about Haunting of Bly Manor. Yeah. Um, Since
0: we're a horror movie podcast now.
2: Yeah, so there's a gay relationship in that, but it takes place in a bubble a little bit. It's in the 80s, but it takes place in a bubble because it's in, like, this one haunted manor. Um, but I think that, like, they do a better job of, like, exploring those two characters. Like, I just really can't wait for you to watch Bly Manor. Um because that gay couple like made me so happy um but i'm interested now after we've kind of talked through all of this to see if it'll make you as happy or if it's gonna make me sad uh (laughs) when we discuss the real world is so
0: fascinating and the concept of abstraction Mm -hmm. through horror is so compelling that like Mm -hmm. why aren't people like do like i'm just thinking about movies like I, okay, you know what's on my mind right now? Get out, Midsommar, Hereditary, movies that like yeah. took those things and took the things that were really happening and take the and took the things that were fake happening and married them in a perfect way and made beautiful movies that yeah. really get what it means to be a marginalized person and what it means to make a horror movie and like an aesthetically interesting piece of art. And so why yeah. can't we? Just keep making movies that are good like that and stop making movies that aren't good. That's all I have to
2: say. I think we did stop. I think we're done with movies that aren't yeah. good. I feel like it is the last of its kind. <laughs> it's it's the last of its kind. A little bit. Yeah. Like I there's not been another like scary movie like it since it. Everything that's come out has been like raw or midsummer. Or, um, there's this, like, an, like, A24 is doing some amazing shit with of horror Of course they like, are Like, I, I don't see Of course see A24 a, yeah, is doing amazing shit Yeah, I don't see us <laughs> A24 and Blumhouse, there's this movie called Freaky, which is kind of, like, it looks, the trailer looks great Um, and it, it looks a little campy, but it's, like, playing on the trope of, like, the like blonde girl isn't the final girl she's actually the monster and then like the side characters that you think would be side characters become the main characters and they're like a queer character and a black character and it looks interesting i haven't seen it yet but like i think i think we're we're like spinning off into a more self-aware place and in term and then like because we're becoming more self-aware we're able to actually comment on the things that we've been craving. Yeah. Um, commentary the on like the way better. that
1: I engage with it at this point is like I will rewatch them because they happen at a very specific point in my life, and I will laugh at how ridiculous yeah. they are, and I will love the characters, and I will engage with the characters in like fandom ish spaces. But like I don't think that the movie has to be made. I don't think the movie has any actual net positive good on the world, and I don't think movies like it need to be made ever again. Also, I think that Stephen King is a racist bitch. And I just have to throw that out there. I hope that we can talk. We'll talk more about Stephen King. Oh boy, would I Uh, would I be barred from any future employment opportunities in the entertainment world if I say Stephen King is a bitch publicly? I don't know, but let's all
0: collectively get barred from those employment opportunities together. Stephen Stephen King King is a a bitch.
2: Wow, wonderful. Okay, it's time for the bitch meter. Uh, it's time for the bitch meter, where we give you our diversity representation score. Gaia, what did we give it for queer? Uh, after much
0: debate, we declared this movie a hate crime and gave it a one, because <laughs> it's
2: bad. <laughs> hate, crime hate crime clown movie. Okay, great. For gender, we gave it a one because there was one woman. Whatever. Anyway, yeah. we talked about Bev a lot. Yeah. So we didn't. one. For race, we originally gave it a one because of Mike and then i mean he just like exists we talked a lot about like what the implications of like his hate crimes that he deals with um are in the film and then i i wanted to give it a minus 1 because like stop this stephen king trope of like ancient indian burial grounds and like native american magic it happens at pet cemetery it happens in poltergeist it happens in this like end it like it's so stupid um actually i do want to make a scary movie about colonial guilt that has to do with that but like turns it on its head no one fucking steal my idea great (laughs) adeline (laughs) what did we give it for disability We gave disability a minus one because it
1: kind of isn't really ever addressed at all. I mean, the only thing that it does address is the fact that Bill has a stutter and then he loses it by it chapter two and people like comment on it in a negative way. It's never really talked about in a super positive or negative way, but it's kind of like, "Eh, it's a hindrance and then it goes away and then it's better. So yeah, negative one.
2: Yeah. Uh, Gaia, what did we give it for body positivity? Minus three for body positivity, because all fat
0: people are bad, and being fat makes your life bad.
2: That's it. Yeah, Jesus. Thanks, And then for class, we gave it an N.A., because it kind of touches class, but, like, we're too exhausted to try to parse out any implications from that. So, final score. (laughs) Negative three out of ten. Yeah! I think this is our first negative... It really like fu- I mean aside from Hereditary which is a movie we couldn't even rank this is like astronomically bad. It's really bad. So uh so. Stephen King you're a racist. I we've mean, we've already said you're what racist. needs to be said about Stephen, Stephen King is so many things. Like not okay, just gonna racist. Okay, I'm
0: calling Harris.
2: Yes. I'm
0: calling Harris. I'm afraid.
2: Hi Harris. Hello. Hi. <laughs> What's your hot take on It chapters one and two, the the movies? Both of them. Yeah, both oh, of them. You know what's something horrible? Oh. I haven't seen chapter two. It's fine. It's I, like low-key kind of bad. Me and my friend have not stopped thinking about Stephen King just yelling slurs, and we were like, there needs to be an album of Stephen King just... just screaming slurs at us oh my god Um, Gaia and I are doing a slur count while we read the book amazing I love I love that it's a like a coming of age story and it's horror and I know that's Stephen King's thing but like I I just love that because childhood is horror (laughs) yeah T childhood is scary and it's lovely um also clowns I mean they're like cool like they're freaky as fuck okay amazing harris i love you get some sleep i love you so much i love you too i'm um, gonna send you my I'm script excited to read your yeah i'm excited to read it i'm so All excited right. for you to read it because i trust you as my horror movie connoisseur um oh. uh, ooh, no one's weird. gonna
0: believe i'm a horror movie connoisseur after this hot take
2: <laughs> no it's fine they can listen to our horror movies with harris episode and they'll know okay <laughs> okay i love you so much go to sleep love you too all right night, night bye
0: oh wow harris that hit, take was so hot i definitely heard it because we definitely recorded it on hot take oh my god Incredible, hot, harris you're what always
1: you're always on it what can i say what am i working on
0: wow um uh, i'm yeah working on a farm um i'm working on take a shot bingo, bingo. um i'm, I'm so writing screenplay for some students I have some pages done it's a spinoff of my famous play We Eat Goo and Then Die Um, I'm quite excited about it Um, yay I also submitted my poetry collection to a bunch of indie publishing houses very recently Um, so hope someone likes all my trauma in one book of poems
2: um, and wants to publish it for themselves beautiful Adeline
1: what are you working on? As I have been, I am working on the short film, um, my short film, if you've listened to either the Stranger Things podcast, you know what I'm talking about, and I'm also working on my research paper for my class, um, Gorfius? Find out next week. Gorfius. That's it. <clears throat> Nitha, what are you working on?
2: Um, I'm working on my short film, I'm flying to New York in two weeks, I'm so excited, I have a meeting with my DP, and like... Y'all, like, I wrote a scary movie. I wrote a scary short film. Um, and Catherine and Caitlin are going to be creative, directing, costume designing. Adeline will probably be there, too. Like, everyone's going to be working on this movie in some form or another. And Gaia, I need you to read the script soon. So you're going to do that. Uh, i was
0: gonna say <laughs> am i not even like on the production team for your first no, film no gaia no so you're stupid. gonna read
2: the script and you're gonna fix it for of me um it's about gender mm. it's about gender Genre. i'm so excited okay all, all right, right. time now we we have to end <laughs> yep.
0: the show you can follow me on instagram at gaia River.
2: you can follow me on twitter and instagram at nita underscore t-h-a-d-a-n-i and you can follow me on Instagram at adeline.rose, A D
1: E L Y N N.rose, and on Twitter at NeilXperiod. Mm-hmm.
0: You can follow the bitch Why Podcast at BitchY Podcast on Instagram or on Twitter, or you can email us like our best friend Craig. Sorry, Craig, I don't want to make this weird for you. You can email us like Craig did at B.TCHY, like W h y at gmail.com and um we'll probably read it on here because we get really excited when we receive emails
2: please leave us a review and rate us on itunes all of the resources referenced will be in the show notes thank you to our editor and co-producer cameron and our graphic designer jillian um good night bitches Time to make dinner bitches <sighs> good night